0: Season 2, episode 137a, in his, Jesus, last public discourse, Jesus solemnly denounces the scribes and Pharisees in the court of the temple. We're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 23, verses 15 through 29 based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students' Life of Christ, copyright 1922. And C.I. Schofield's The Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909, both public domain. Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1611, public domain, at least outside of the UK, um, for the last 400 years. Right, uh, Rick Meyer's eSword free Bible study app for PCs. I use that a lot uh, <clears throat> for the Greek words and stuff like that. Commentaries, I think they're in there. Sometimes I use those uh, for the iPhone and Android now. So you could look in your app store and uh, Android 7.0, I think, any iPhone. Not sure about that. It's always worked on every iPhone I've ever had. dot uh, biblehub.com commentary online is my go-to commentary if I have a question. I usually throw Bible Hub at the end biblehub.com at the end of the question cuz they seem to answer the questions that I ask. And I I ask a lot of questions. I'm having a mic problem here, sorry. 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 Okay, here we go. Okay, um com videos introducing each book of the Bible. Uh, I like that a lot. If you're going to teach a book of the Bible, you might want to go get the who, what, where, when, and why of the Bible, the extra biblical stuff, the stuff that's not really in the Bible, or comes about from a tremendous amount of studies by some guy that... Anyway, Bible Project, well done. Uh, not perfect, I wouldn't say, but well done. Not inspired. And so if it comes to you know clear doctrine of scripture then I'm going to go with that but but anyway this is for the extra stuff like who wrote it when they wrote it what was going on culturally at that time anyway all right uh, where are we at we're in Jerusalem and we'll be for the rest of the life of Jesus Christ which will be the rest of Tuesday which only has one more episode in it that when he in the temple and they and the lady comes and offers the widow's mite and it's so little and he says it was a lot I think we're all familiar with that sermon. Then we go into uh, his hiding, which is uh, on Wednesday and uh, Thursday. And then Friday begins at, at sunset on Thursday. The evening and the morning were the first day where the Jews set up their calendar. Anyway. Um, So we're on the last public ministry in Jerusalem and this is his last uh, discourse in the temple uh, except for the next one which is going to be actually I think inside the temple. I'm not sure. I really I don't I don't know. Sorry. I mean I I I've got the uh the tabernacle in my mind but I'm not sure how much the temple they expanded from that. I'm not sure. Anyway, um uh, part 12 will be in the shadows with Jesus. That will be Wednesday and Thursday of, of Passion Week. Palm is Palm Tuesday. It will be Palm Wednesday and Palm Thursday, followed by Good Friday beginning at nightfall on Thursday or sunset at Thursday when he's captured in the garden, etc., etc. Okay, uh, Rest, Trial, and Crucifixion, Good Friday, all takes place in one episode, episode 13 followed by episode 14, the resurrection appearances and ascension of Christ. and That's going to have 16 episodes also and tremendously important to the disciples who see the risen Savior and they just are not to be, they turn the world upside down. All right. uh, We're in episode 137A to be followed by 137B tomorrow or whenever I get, not tomorrow. That's my day of rest. Whatever I usually don't get something done on Saturday. I write I write letter one letter at least and uh, I don't I rest I, I goof off maybe. All right. Um, in his last public discourse, Jesus solemnly denounces the scribes and Pharisees. I think you're going to get an earful of uh, denunciation. Scribes, hypocrites, blind guides. A lot of, a lot of denunciation. Uh, coming from Christ in the court of the temple. He's already shut their mouths when they came with these questions, both the Sadducees and Pharisees. And and now the people are in there. They can, they can come into the court of the Gentiles. I think Gentiles can even come into the court of the Gentiles. So, uh, meaning that God loves the world. Okay, and then uh, the episode after this one is going to be Jesus closely observes the contributions in the temple uh, and commends the poor widow's gift. Commends it. Says, "Wow, she gave all she had." All right. Um, Revelation six, nine, and ten. I may or may not be able to put these verses in the uh, on the uh, information on the uh, podcast. But anyway, I, I think you get. A lot, you've heard them so many times. If you follow these, if you following these episodes or at least the last 20 or so um, you, you will hear this verse a lot and get a chance to read it but uh, I'm limited to how much how many verses I could put on the podcast okay verse uh, Revelation 6, 9, and 10 in heaven near the end of the tribulation so it hadn't happened yet what starts the tribulation you could say is the, the rapture of the church the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. The sea will give up its dead. I mean, it's going to gonna be a lot of people getting bodies because, again, God is a spirit and must be worshipped in spirit and truth. But when he comes to earth, he puts on a body. Even his angels put on bodies. Anyway, um, and in Revelation 6, 9, 10... Uh, John writes what he saw. And when he opened the fifth seal, Christ was the only one found worthy to open the seal. So when Christ had opened the fifth seal, I think this is right at the end of the tribulation, I right before he comes in his second coming, I, John, saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held, and they cried with a loud voice. Well, the answer to that is martyrs. That could be any martyr. That could be able, that could be but but what they say verse ten and they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long or in other words when O Lord How long do we have to wait, O Lord? Holy and true dost thou how long dost thou not judge and avenge, which the Greek word is retaliate, punish, vindicate are synonyms. I like vindicate. Vindicate means to you know. You know, take action because we were we were wrongly killed. Our our blood on them that dwell on the earth. Them that dwell on the earth, that that's a very time sensitive thing. You know, people don't live dwell on the earth. Uh, uh, the guy he's going to use here is a uh, King Josiah that that stoned uh, a prophet between the temple and, and the altar. It uh, th- that. Uh, that was 800 years ago so he's you know nobody's praying about he doesn't dwell on the earth now nobody lives dwells on the earth that was there for the killing of the 144,000 or any of the Old Testament martyrs or a lot of the New Testament martyrs for that matter anyway to dwell on the earth how long O Lord holy and true dost thou not avenge judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth Okay, uh Daniel chapter seven verse thirteen. This is okay, this is when there when Christ is on his way to the earth. The answer to the question in Revelation six, when well this is when, right here. Daniel seven thirteen is a picture of Daniel, saw the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth, to the Lord who is waiting for him on the earth. I think he's accompanied by the 144,000 and all the dead in Christ my wife myself death is absent from the body present with the Lord so when if we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds so shall we ever be with the Lord the dead in Christ shall rise first I think they get their new bodies I think we'll get a new body so but anyway uh, we'll come with the Lord at the second coming the church will um uh, and, and people that lived long before the Gentile church. I'm, I, you know That always sounds like, the Hebrews are called, at least in the New Testament, they're called the, the church in the wilderness or assembly. That's just the word assembly. Church is just the word assembly. Anyway, Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. I, I always read the pronoun. I read the name, who it is. I, Daniel, saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, God's favorite, Jesus' favorite name for himself, Came with the clouds of heaven. Now this, this, this is a clue here. Clouds of heaven. Jesus came with the clouds of heaven. That's the, there's three heavens in the Bible. There's the first heaven, which is the atmosphere where airplanes fly and birds fly and I don't I don't know how high it reaches, but five miles from Mount Everest. <clears throat> getting pretty, air's getting pretty thin up there, the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, I think that's the, the God the Father, and they, we've got a pronoun here, they, who are they? They're the 144,000, they're the, all the dead in Christ, that, I'm going to be in that day. if you're a believer, you're going to be in that day, if you trust Christ before you die, you're going to be in that day, you're going to be in that they, they brought him, Christ, near before him, Jehovah the Ancient of Days. So there's a picture of Christ's second coming. As he went up into heaven, the angel said, you'll see him come again. So he descends. And I said, you know, somebody told me, I said, well, you know, it might be night when he comes. We're not going to be able to see him. And they said, well, it's going to be day somewhere on the earth. It spins. I don't think the earth is going to stop spinning. And uh, if he came slowly, if he came, took him twenty-four hours to descend, people would be talking about him for a long time. But anyway, sorry, I, I'll, I'll see what it's going to be like when it when it happens. Galatians three seven. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Abraham's a pretty big name in the Bible. He appears in Genesis chapter eleven, right after the Tower of Babel and the scattering of the believers. He went to Mesopotamia. And uh, he's the father of, it uh, says, the same of the children of Abraham. You have physical children of Abraham and you have spiritual children. <clears throat> I'm a spiritual children of Abraham by faith in Jesus Christ. And got a little, i got some throat problems here. Sorry. i was kind of a sore throat. I don't know why. But anyway, um, last time I had that, I was pretty sick. But anyway, I'm not pretty sick right now. Okay, so... Um, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. So, that's good to know. And physical, I'm, I'm not a physical child of Abraham. The physical children of Abraham are Arabs from Iraq, if you will, from Mesopotamia, not Persia. Not all Muslims are Arabs, but you know, not all Arabs are Muslims. Some of them are Christians, and maybe some are other things too. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. Galatians 3.7 Okay, um, <clears throat> okay, another prophecy that was fulfilled at this time back on Palm Sunday. Zechariah, this is Palm Tuesday, so this one is Zechariah 9.9 prophesied 500 years before uh, Christ, before the Babylonian captivity or maybe at the Babylonian captivity. Rejoice great. Zechariah 9, nine. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, O daughter of Jerusalem. That's Israel. Behold, thy king, the son of God, cometh unto thee, he is just, and having salvation lowly, and riding upon a donkey, and upon the colt, the of a donkey. If you know, that sure sounds like the triumphal entry to me, into Jerusalem Palm Sunday. All right, we're going to take a look at 25 verses here. In episode 137, A, in the last public discourse, Jesus so- solemnly, so- solemn, solemnly denounces. The scribes and Pharisees. I don't use that word very much, I guess. In the court of the temple, which is the courtyard outside the the, the court of the Gentiles, where the Gentiles can go. Matthew chapter 23, verses 15 through 39, 25 verses. Verse 15. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. Now, if you want to denounce somebody solemnly, then that's a good way to start. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Ye compass the sea and land, in other words, you, you go around the world to make proselyte, to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Now, a lot of people, there's a lot of missionaries, a lot of cults that have missionaries. I'm sorry, but cults don't believe in Jesus Christ, in my opinion. But maybe that's, you know, I don't want to call the Jewish people cult. I don't want to call. But anyway, the, I don't know what constitutes a cult. It's been a long time since I studied uh, cults, but anyway, um, they're wrong. And when they, when he is made, he maketh them twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. He makes you, he makes that proselyte twice the child of hell than yourselves. Wow, those are great, great, great uh, evangelists there. <clears throat> Verse 16: Woe unto you, blind guides! Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, verse 16, woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold on the temple, he is a debtor. Okay, well, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, has affected me in my life. When I left the army, I had to swear back in, I had to resign my regular commission and and, and be sworn back into the reserves. Well, I was going to Bible college, that's why I left the army. And I, uh, I when I took the oath, I said, can I say a firm adjutant where well, the brigade adjutant a friend of mine, and 101st, I just stopped on my way from Nebraska to, to Tampa where I was gonna go to Bible college, stopped at Fort Campbell and uh, wanted to get sworn in there by some one of my army buddies or somebody so that paperwork could go forward about my reserve, my reserve commission, but <clears throat> let your communication be yay yay. This is this is when it comes to swearing. Swearing is not a good thing. If if you when I when I was sworn back into the reserves, I said, can I just say I affirm instead of uh, I swear? I do solemnly swear I I affirm that I will protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies foreign and domestic. So pretty much, pretty much the oath of office for any federal official, to include the president of the United States. But let your communication just say yes. I, that's that's what I like about weddings. I do, I will, yes. Just very scriptural. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple is a debtor. I guess, puts the gold of the temple at risk and will reimburse it or something. I don't know if they're lying. Verse 17, ye fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold of the temple, the gold or the temple that sanctifies sanctifies the gold? That's a rhetorical question. Obviously, the temple would be more important than the gold because the temple is what sets the gold apart sanctifies the gold. Verse 18, And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. I, I'll just, you know, I could have studied this more and got a, a whole Jewish take on this. I didn't. Um, because I'm just not really interested in what they taught about, um, the, you know. Uh, anyway, you're welcome to study. Go to a commentary and look up Matthew twenty-three eighteen, or just look up Matthew twenty-eight uh, verses fifteen through thirty-nine, and read it in a commentary, and you, maybe maybe you'll get some good advice there. I don't know, but I think I, I, it's clear in Matthew five. Just say yes and no. Don't swear by. Don't swear to God. But they have. It's of sin, and and this is anyway. Next next verse. Verse nineteen. Verse 18. Uh, And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gift upon it, it, he is guilty. I guess if he doesn't keep his oath, whatever he swore to. Ye fools and blind, which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? Obviously, the, the altar is more important. And whosoever there shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it, and all things thereon. And whosoever shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein. That was, you know, until Christ died, and we are, knowing not that you're the body of the Holy Spirit, you're the temple of God. Um, The temple, there is no Jewish temple, hasn't been since AD 70. It will be rebuilt by the Antichrist in the first three and a half years of the tribulation, but that's something you can study in the book of Revelation. And by him that dwelleth therein. But you know what? I think I think swearing to God is, I swear to God, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. One time I said that to my son and I, I paid him five bucks. He had a rule. I said, if I ever say a bad word. But to me, that's taking the Lord's name in vain. I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't speak for the Lord that he cares about. What you're so angry about? That you swear to God, I'm going to do this or that. I'd be careful. No, I just do what's right. All right, um, verse 22. And he that sweareth by heaven sweareth by the throne of God and by Him that sitteth thereon. So I don't know. It sounds to me like Christ is almost saying, you know, you can, you know, that's better than swearing. I don't know. You can swear by God, by Him that sitteth thereon. I, I don't know. It's obvious, verse 5, he said at the beginning of his ministry, and now he's talking to a bunch of lost people, so uh, I don't know where he's going with this. Sorry, maybe you can figure it out. Verse 23, Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. He's repeating himself. For ye pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin. Those are spices, those are perfumes. And have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment. Mercy and faith, these you ought to have done and not leave the other undone. Ye blind guides, you strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. The camel they swallow is works for salvation. The gnat is, you know, the grain of a mustard seed faith. You can't do that. You can't swallow the grain of a mustard seed, but you can swallow a whole pack of lies and false teachings. Verse 25. Woe unto you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. This is not how to win friends and influence people. This might be how to influence people, but these people, they they want him dead. <laughs> they're going to lie, cheat, and steal to get it done. For, we, for you may clean the outside of the cup and platter, but within they are full of extortions and excesses. This is my favorite metaphor here, or simile. Thou blind Pharisee, Cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter that the outside of them may be clean also. Clean the inside and outside of the cup of the plate. Wash your dishes inside and out. Verse 27. Woe unto you scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. He's saying this in the courtyard of the temple. In three days he'll be hanging on the cross. For ye are like unto whited sepulchers. This is my favorite metaphor here. And it's a simile because it's using like... It's comparing the, the, the scribes and Pharisees to whited sepulchers. Beautiful in appearance. Which indeed appear beautiful outward. If you look at these temples, you go, wow, so many really important buried there. I mean, look how beautiful they, they keep it and they put flowers on it. and So beautiful. But are within full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness, you look great on the outside, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, but on the inside, you are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. cleanliness. Clean, cleanness. Wow! I mean, verse twenty-eight. Even so, even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous. I, I know people that don't know the gospel of the grace of God, and they try to put on a very righteous act but faithful are the wounds of a friend but the, the kisses of an enemy are deceitful I think they're out to deceive but within ye are full of hip hypocrisy and iniquity I mean that's about the worst thing you could say about somebody is they're a hypocrite I could never ask Jesus into my heart because I thought I'd be a hypocrite or I was going to make him Lord of my life. That's what was very popular back in the '70s. Just ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Take yourself off the throne of your life and give it. To, you know, put God on there and just do whatever He's. I knew I wasn't going to do that. I'm not good at keeping resolutions. But for for salvation is a free gift. No strings attached. Amen. Verse 28. Even so, ye outwardly appear. He's not talking to believers here. He's talking about hypocrites. He's talking to hypocrites about their hypocrisy. Verse 28, So even so ye are also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within are full of hypocrisies and iniquities. And iniquity and sin. Verse 29, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites! Because you build the tomb of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous and say this is what the scribes pharisees and hypocrites say which therefore we know is not true because he's calling them they say one thing and do another they they garnish the sepulchers they put you know they go every day and put flowers on all the prophets that they killed verse 30 and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, the example he gives is 800 years earlier, when the king, Joash, killed a prophet in the temple, between the altar and the temple, which is inside the temple. Ye are, ye would, Verse. here's what they said, verse 30. You're going to condemn them by their own words. If we had been in the days of our fathers, which actually killed the prophets, we should not have been partakers with them, our fathers, in the blood of the prophets. We would not have killed the prophets as historically they did. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourself that you are the children of them that killed the prophets. So just based on what you said, you're admitting that you were children. We wouldn't have participated with them when they killed the prophets. But you're admitting you're the children of the prophets. Oh, this is pretty. I wouldn't get in a legal argument with with Jesus. Verse 32. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. They're fixing to kill the Son of God. In three days he will be hanging on the cross. Ye serpents. Metaphor. Not using like or as a comparison of these people, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, to serpents, ye generation of vipers, which are deadly serpents, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Not only are you the children of those that killed the prophets, you're fixing to kill one in two and a half days. Where, verse 34 wherefore behold I send you unto wherefore behold I send unto you prophets and wise men this is I'm sure this is scripture speaking of God God's going to say this wherefore behold I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes and some of them ye shall kill and crucify and some of them you shall scourge In your synagogues. That's going to happen in two and a half days to Christ who's saying this. In your synagogues. And persecute them from city to city. By Paul, they definitely chased the believers from city to city. He got converted. Verse 35. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of the righteous Abel, he's going back to the first martyr, I guess, the the, the fourth son of Adam and Eve, the, the fourth person on the earth, the youngest person on the earth at his time, I guess, the righteous Abel, who was killed by Cain, unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Bar- Barakas, whom you slew between... The temple and the altar. He's saying you. It was a Jewish king that did it, but it's in Second Chronicles 24, verses 20 to 22. And you could just ask your phone where. You could just read this verse, and and it'll give you the address. But Second Corinthians, Second Chronicles, chapter 24, verses 20 to 22. Stoned by the order of King Joash. 850 B.C. Verse 36. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. This is the culmination of of years of killing the prophets of God. Jeremiah was thrown in a miry pit when he told the king that he should surrender to uh, the Babylonian captivity, King Nebuchadnezzar. And he threw him in a miry pit. And the people came and said, you got to take him out of that pit. You know, it's full of mire. Anyway, um, but he wasn't taken into captivity. But, all right, verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent to thee, how often would I have gathered Thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. I believe in, in free will. I, I, you, you will or you won't. You'll put your faith in Jesus Christ or you won't. You could just ask him right now, Lord, save me. Lord, give me eternal life. Don't number me with the hypocrites. I'm not promising you anything. I'm just going to believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. That's what I did. I made no promises whatsoever. And I looked up and I say, hey, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see any fireworks. That means I'm not saved. So there's not a feeling. Some days you feel good, some days you feel bad, but if you trust in Christ, you're going to heaven. And I walked out of there without any assurance whatsoever that I was saved, except when that girl said to me, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And I said, you're right. And then I knew that I was agreeing with her that when I died, I was going to heaven. And I had just lost my brother six months earlier in Vietnam. So death was a, a real part of my Life and about 14 months later, I lost my dad. All right, to, to cancer. Anyway, verse uh, 37, 38. Behold your houses. Behold your house is left unto you desolate. Uh, there was no Jews in. Well, they they were called uh, Palestinians before their country was given to them back after World War II. But anyway. Um, Behold, your houses are left left you desolate. During the Antichrist, oh my gosh, the Jews are going to be believers. Zechariah twelve ten, and they shall look upon me, Jehovah, Jehovah speaking, and they shall look upon me, Jehovah, whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one is bitterness his firstborn. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. Verse 39, our last verse today. Um, For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That's the fulfillment or the prophecy of Zechariah, um, which was written uh, in 500. I'm not sure when it was written. When was it written? 500? I'm not sure. Anyway. Um, Zechariah, I think that's around 500 B.C., um, the Minor Prophets. Anyway, minor just meaning they didn't write very much. They wrote a lot of good stuff. but um, And that will be the second coming. Verse 39, For I say unto you, ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And I shall pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Zechariah 12.10, read it. Powerful prophecy about the second coming of Christ. I will say next episode, season two, episode 137b, look at the same subject, the last public discourse of Jesus solemnly denounces the scribes and Pharisees. We look at three verses in Mark, 14 verses in Matthew that precede the verses we looked at today, and three verses in Luke 20. Um, I will say adios to God, and vaya con Dios, go with God.